You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the Sound is your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Happy to have you rock with me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We're going to go over some awards that Carolina Tar Heel football keeps piling in. We want to make sure we highlight these guys for doing big things around the ACC. We've also got to talk about the South's oldest rivalry as we get ready for UVA. Let's talk about what the team will look like from both sides of the ball. We're going to talk to coordinators, Coach Longo and Coach Bateman. What are they thinking for as they prepare for UVA. Finally, it is Unity Week for the ACC, and they are working with making sure student athletes are learning how to best use their platforms. We'll talk about that more today. So let's get started, shall we? I wanted to break in some news. I hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. If you're listening here in the morning or you start your afternoon or evening with Locked on Tar Heels podcast, I'm certainly glad that you're here. Now, I wanted to first dive into the fact that we have some former Tar Heels doing big things. Yet again, I brag on him. I feel like every other show, but I'll keep bragging on Carolina Tar Heels who are doing awesome things. Former Tar Heel Sacramento Kings player currently Harrison Barnes and his wife Brittany casted their vote in Sacramento County at the Golden Center where the Kings play, which has been created for a voting center for the rest of the Sacramento um, County citizens to cast their votes for this election. If you have not already, early voting ends October 31st, Halloween. Things could get scary in 2020 if we don't make some decisions out here. So make sure you exercise your right to vote. If you want to go vote in your Halloween costume, by all means, do what you have to do. All I'm saying is, Make sure you exercise your right. I have not voted yet either. Normally, I wait for November 3rd. Something about making sure my vote gets counted for me is like the last day to do it. But I don't know, this year, I just feel like maybe I should just go ahead and get it in and get it done and over with. So I just know that my vote is sitting in a nice place. But nowadays, when people burning down polling stations and, you know, firing up some votes. I just, I don't know. I feel, feel weird about it. You let me know at Candace D. Cooper how you're feeling about voting this year, but that's neither here nor there. All I know is Carolina football is getting some damn awards, and let's talk about that. It's pretty exciting for the team to pile on yet again, creating some new record books as we had first up. Second time in school history, the Tar Heels had two rushers over a thousand, ooh, excuse me, a thousand, over a hundred yards. Got a little hype, got a little hype with them zeros. A hundred yard receiver and a 200 yard passer. My, obviously, those are Michael Carter, Javante Williams, and Deami Brown, followed by Sam Howell. These guys are doing big things, making sure that they are leaving their mark in Chapel Hill. Carolina had their players of the game offensively. Javante Williams, who had 17 missed tackles on the day for the NC State Wolfpack, gave them a run for their money, literally. Defensively, you saw Chaz Surratt win player of the game. He was also the ACC linebacker of the week. Chaz had eight tackles, one sack, one interception, and one forced fumble on the day. And he helped with his leadership create, to me, one of the best defensive games of the year so far for the Tar Heels. They finished the day with four turnovers, three interceptions, and one forced fumble. I had been begging for that turnover chain to make its appearance, or excuse me, turnover belt. So I can't keep up, I'm sorry. Turnover belt, like the wrestling style belt, to make its appearance, and it certainly did 
on Saturday against the Wolfpack. Special teams award winner was Ben Kiernan. We saw some special teams a little bit better than we've normally seen. I'm still waiting for that run back from Daz Newsom. I'm still waiting for that punt that goes all the way to the one yard line. All that things that you want to see with comes when it comes to special teams. I'm still just ready. We're almost there. We're almost a complete team, right? Final award we wanted to shout out for Michael Carter, who was on the honor roll for the Paul Hornung Award, which celebrates the most versatile player in college football. So a lot of good things happening for guys in Chapel Hill. We want to make sure that we always celebrate what they are doing. Now, we obviously have some big things headed our way as we gear up for Charlottesville. I hope you're packing light. I hope you are going up to celebrate and support the team. And if you are, if you're getting into that vehicle of yours, I hope you've headed to rockauto.com. Did you know that their chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Thank goodness, because you know how a lot of these things always want all of your information. RockAuto.com does not do that. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. We are gearing up and driving to Charlottesville, going to celebrate this team this weekend. We got to make sure that we are hyped, but not only do you have to have your car right, you got to make sure that you have the appropriate things in that cooler (laughs) as you get ready to go. And I'm sure everyone by Saturday is going to have had such a week because we're always on the go. It's always nonstop hustle or bustle. So sometimes we're just going to have to, you know, gear up, gear ourselves up to celebrate responsibly. That's when we reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Coors Light is literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team, especially the Tar Heels, just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one that I personally choose when I need to unwind, so when y'all get a minute to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. It is so important that you leave five stars, you leave a review, you download every single episode available to you. I know sometimes that memory gets full, but it's so important to keep Locked on Tar Heels podcast in your arsenal because this is where you get the most updated news on the Carolina Tar Heels. I love talking Carolina sports with you every single day. Make sure you follow on Twitter at Candace D. Cooper or on Twitter you can follow at Locked on Heels. So let's talk about South's oldest rivalry. I hate the word rivalry, so if you hear me stutter over it during any time this week, as I did last week, you just mind your business, okay? That's just all you're going to have to do. (laughs) Because I hate that word three times fast. I don't know that I could do it, but we're just going to try here as we gear up for Saturday's matchup. 
Now, the South's oldest rivalry is named not only because of the extraordinary age and length of the series, but because of the immense early success of both UNC and Virginia. Between 1889 and 1902, either Virginia or North Carolina claimed a Southern championship in 12 out of the 14 years of the championship's existence. It started back in October 22nd of 1892 and up most recently we saw last November UVA beat Carolina 38-31 to go on to win the Coastal Division but Carolina has the overall lead 63-57 which is a very tight matchup an actual real rivalry when you have a close matchup I don't know the people in Raleigh want to take note of that but that is what a rivalry is to me when it's actually close you know, every now and then two teams get ranked, what have you. But still, some teams got to show up. Special note also, in the last five quarters of Carolina State game, Carolina has outscored them 73-14. to 14. Let's just call let's just have a moment for that, you know? I just, you want to call it a rivalry, but it's looked pretty ugly these past two years. So, take that for what you will. Now, UNC versus Virginia on Saturday at 8 p.m. The game is set to kick off at 8. Televised on the ACC Network. We aren't on ABC. Praise the Lord, Saints. I'm a little nervous. We're playing a night game. You know how these night games seem to get Carolina. Like Mac Brown mentioned when we first started the year, he said he likes the noon games. He likes to wake up and get it over with, especially if there weren't going to be any fans around. And there's still barely, you know, a scrap of fans at games. We appreciate people that come, obviously, but it's not the same. We all know that. So having to wait around for, you know, not necessarily having the hypest experience. But when you think about Florida State, they had everybody in their mom that seemed like in that city. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, Maybe I'm telling a fib here, but all I say that to say is I'm nervous about night games. I hate when Carolina sits around all day to wait for their time to play, but you know, maybe they've learned something after Florida state. So hopefully we'll see some positivity from there. I do want to know, I know this is a quick aside, but how hyped we were about positive tests going into every game and how someone could pop up positive and not be available to play. And we really haven't had those conversations this season, you know, up till now, especially for the Carolina Tar Heels. We've been very lucky, very blessed that we haven't had a swarm of guys be out. We haven't had a whole position group be down and, you know, all of those good things. I know I'm bad juju. I'm knocking on wood as we speak, but I, I think it's been a real testament to how Carolina has handled the situation and been mature and you know make sure guys are really focused because they know they have something big to do so that's just my little soapbox mini praise for the Carolina Tar Heels right now but we've got to get into what is going on on Saturday and what do our coordinators think about Saturday's game obviously coach Longo always says week in and week out on the offensive side of the ball the approach doesn't change from week to week he also said, you know, we're, he always bores us with saying this, but we're always going to take what they give, talking about the defense. If it's 70 runs or 70 passes, it doesn't matter. He is king of the kiss method. Keep it simple. Don't try and make it more difficult. And I 100% agree when we try to do a little too much razzle-dazzle. It doesn't always necessarily work out for us, but I'm hoping that on Saturday we can get that done, keeping it simple. Now, when he was talking about Virginia, he said that they had some quality players on defense, especially because they are great on the front seven. They are big. 
Longo has a respect for the Cavaliers, who are ranked 61 in the nation, allowing 420 yards per game, and number 60, allowing 31.6 points per matchup. And may think that they're better than those numbers reflect. It should also be noted that we all know Clemson, who anybody can get run over or beat down from and make your stats look a little off. And playing number 12 Miami, they just UVA just played Miami last weekend, and they are quite the team as well this season. So that could make those stats look a little awkward. But I think that, again, with Coach Longo, he believes this is going to be one of the better defenses that Carolina often sees. It's a really good example of a win-loss record not really representing or being indicative of how good the defense is. Both DNs are really good football players. Mandy Alonzo is somebody you've got to know where he is on the field. He continued by saying, quote, they do a really good job of running to the football in the box. We had physical contests up front with them last year. It was an athletic contest in the secondary. We tried to take advantage of some individual matchups. We were able to do that on some downs and not on others. They do a good job pressing the quarterback, and they're probably the most multiple scheme defense we have seen this year. So they are not the keep it simple method type folks over there in UVA, which doesn't surprise me given the academia side of what (laughs) University of Virginia is. University of Virginia is my least favorite team in the ACC, but that's because I slammed there. They were our biggest rivals, and we just feel a way about the Cavaliers, period. Not my favorite. Ugh, can't stand them. I, I can't stand them more than Dukes. They all that. Can't stand them. But here we are. So hopefully their schematics are not going to be too complicated that they trip up the Tar Heels. Now, when we look at the defense side of the ball, we talked with Coach Bateman, who, you know, when we look at Carolina's last four games, its opponents have scored inside the final 54 seconds of the first half with two touchdowns and a field goal. Boston College converted a 30-yard field goal as the clock expired. So uh, that was one little hiccup. Florida State scored a touchdown with 12 seconds left before the halftime, and NC State crossed the goal line with 54 seconds left before halftime. I hate second quarter before we go into half. I hate when Carolina gets starts of the second quarter because it's just something about going to sleep. And I think this is on both sides of the ball. I don't think this is just off defense. I think offense somehow gets a little too settled because they scored on the opening drive. They might score twice. On their uh, second drive, it's just for whatever reason, (laughs) Carolina goes to sleep in the second quarter. So I'm hoping that they settle by settling with still attacking, right? I hope that's still the mindset we go into Saturday. But Coach Bateman obviously is aware of that situation and feeling like he took on the responsibility of making the wrong calls for those games. And he's got to do a better job of ensuring that his players get off the field on those third downs and don't give any of the opposing team, any kind of leverage, momentum, energy going into the half, feeling like they are still in this game. So we talk about Virginia and what Carolina has to do in that regard. You know, last year, Bryce Perkins was literally the Achilles heel for the Tar Heels. He made it, that was a great game, but it was a tough game because you knew that Carolina was right in it to keep on the heels of being in the Coastal Division. But or winning the Coastal, but losing that game obviously took them out of contention. He says, Coach Bateman says that there is still plenty of people who can give Carolina a run for their money. Through five games, Virginia is number 46 in the nation in total offense, averaging 411 yards per contest. 
More importantly, they are 75th when it comes to scoring just 23.8 points per game. Number 87 on third down conversions, number 80 in the red zone. So on paper, again, it looks as if they're not going to be able to stand toe-to-toe with Carolina. But at the same time, Carolina's defense, we don't always get the Carolina defense that we're supposed to receive, right? We don't always get the guys who show up on game day. And we saw that really on the first half of the Florida State game. And we've seen some hiccups, surely, when we watched that Virginia Tech game. But Bateman said, quote, I've got a lot of respect for UVA coach Bronco Mendelhall and their staff. They do a lot. I don't think they've seen any anybody play as many quarterbacks as they played this year. Some at the same time, you're out there and it's like, wait a second, isn't that a kid a quarterback too? It's a challenge. It's a lot of formations, a lot of plays. And I think that Brennan Armstrong, the starting quarterback, is a really good player. So there's that. We saw that with NC State when they had to do some switcheroos when it came to the quarterback position. It made for a long day for the Wolfpack. And I think if that any kind of indication of how it'll be for Virginia, it'll be better for our defense because they just adjust and keep it rolling. So that's that on that. But wrapping up today's show, I wanted to highlight something that's really important going on in the Atlantic Coast Conference with the Unity Week. I think it's something that is so important for you know every conference to highlight, especially now. Let's have a conversation about whether or not we'll think that'll be effective long term, but I'll let y'all decide next on Locked on Tar Heels. Final thoughts for Tuesday's show today. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast, a priceless gem that I wanted to mention. It is Unity Week for the Athletic Coast Conference, Atlantic Coast Conference. It is the first Unity Week that the ACC is holding in conjunction with the NCAA's diversity and inclusion social media campaign. So let's take a listen about what this Unity Week will mean. It kicks off the ACC's first Unity Week, which was developed through the efforts of the conference's Committee for Racial and Social Justice. Each of the ACC's fall sports will be participating through October 30th. It will include initiatives around social media, highlighting specific themes of unity each day, and a virtual webinar for the ACC student-athletes on activism and allyship. Commissioner John Swafford talking about Unity Week said this, I applaud the work of CORE and our member institutions to develop Unity Week into a meaningful and fulfilling one to unite around social justice for all and eliminate systemic racism. College sports provide a unique opportunity to bring people together from all backgrounds and celebrate the accomplishments on and off the playing field of our student athletes. Commissioner Swafford leading the way. So not only will the ACC do all the things mentioned in the speech you just heard, but also it will provide student athletes with a wristband to wear and shirts and all that good stuff. And ACC Network will have a Unite logo included on the ACC Network television broadcast. Packer and Durham, one of the great shows that ACC Network has, will wear Unite shirts and wristbands on air. And you'll be given information and initiatives that will be highlighted on the league's communication platforms. And more importantly, you'll see student athletes use their voices like we're going to take a listen now. I want you guys to hear what these student athletes are doing to ensure that they get their voices heard. We, the Atlantic Coast Conference, believe that Black Lives Matter. We in the ACC know there needs to be change. Racism and social injustice have no place on our campuses. Have no place in the ACC. Have no place in college athletics. Have no place in society. We will not 
be silent. We will not be silent. We will not be silent. We will not be silent. Change starts with us. Change starts with me. Change starts with you. Together. 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 Together we can learn. Lead. And be a part of the solution. Together we can create meaningful and lasting change. We believe that Black Lives Matter. So it's not just about the Black Lives Matter movement to me, but it's about the ability to use your voice and your platform for good. So whatever the cause may be, whatever it is to try to, for the betterment of, you know, community, society, what have you, I think it's important that these athletes finally learn and get the opportunity to share it in a safe space. And for a long time, I if you had told me back in 2012 that, Carolina would ever be a part of protests if, you know, student athletes were allowed to, you know, speak up and use their voices on their social platforms. Now, mind you, Instagram had just come out when I graduated. Twitter was a thing, but not really, not in the way people use it now. But, you know, if you were to tell me that people were using their platforms for things like this, I would have been like, yeah, you're crazy because we all know we would have got that coach's call, the coach's text, or someone from higher up letting us know, like, don't rock the boat or anything like that. So to see that happening now is just very rewarding for me because the progress is real. Now, I'm, I think it's great that you're allowing these kids to use their platform. Beyond just saying the words, beyond just saying Black Lives Matter, what are we going to actually do to ensure these kids' safety? What are we going to actually do to ensure that they are provided with the opportunities to express their platforms on a consistent basis, not just something that's, you know, a fad or we're just trying to appease in the moment? Like, how can we make this a continued effort for long-term effects to see actual real change being implicated? And, you know, again, kudos to Carolina. You've seen the guys on the basketball team, all registering to vote, all casting their votes, things of what what have you. And it's not about who you vote for. It's just exercising your right, learning that you have those rights, learning what you're capable of, learning how you can impact your communities right where you're at. So you've seen that from Carolina basketball. You've seen that from, you know, UNC football and how they're making sure that they are using their voices for good and the women's basketball team and a lot of women-led movements. You've Seen Uncut, which is what Carolina has started for student athletes being able to share their voices. They've had a lot of black black female-led um, conversations about just what it's like to be a black student athlete, what it's like to be a female student athlete. What is it like to just be a young person in America? I think it's so great that you're seeing these guys use their opportunities for betterment. And like at the end of the day, that's what you want to go to a university like North Carolina for because you recognize that you are a minority in so many different aspects, whether it's athletes or not that many athletes on campus, whether it's being a female, whether it's being a minority, you know, from a race standpoint, it's so important to create the space where they feel comfortable sharing what they go through on a day to day. So good on UNC and good on the ACC for allowing this unity movement to happen. And again, However you need to support, go to acc.com to learn more information about how, you know, you can continue the conversation, which is, which is what we need to have. What I've got ahead for you tomorrow, we're going to talk about the other side of the ball. We're going to look at Coach Mendenhall's conversation he had on UNC, look at their depth chart, who are they bringing up against, how do they stand toe-to-toe, is their record a reflection of how who they really are? Obviously, we slept on Florida State. We can't sleep on Virginia because we can't afford it anymore. I already have my 11 note campaign. I want to keep that going, being 10 and 1. So let's have that conversation tomorrow here on Locked on Tar Heels. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Make sure you're smart, stay safe, wear your mask, and above all else, go Heels. 
You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.